Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm back uh, from Japan. It was a lot of fun. Glad to be back. And I uh, hope everybody's doing good, ready for Memorial Weekend. It's been about, what, 34 days since I've been back on podcast. I do apologize that we were in, uh, we went to Portugal and then we jumped over to Japan and it was incredible. If you haven't been to Japan, I would suggest you to go to Japan just to enjoy the sights. Um, Tokyo is a great place to go. It's cheap. It's $650 round trip plus additional expenses, of course. Uh, we went to Kyoto, Osaka. It was just amazing. So now I'm back and I have been doing inspections. Uh, I've been back for one week and I've had 12 inspections, uh, just in a week and I'm doing more this next week. It looks like I'm doing about 16 to 18 inspections this next week. So it's, it's really, really busy and the market is booming. So if you're selling, this is the time to sell. If you want to sell, Put your house on the market and start selling. This is where we're really going to be looking at um, a lot of different categories where we have the feds aren't raising at the time and we have a nice percentage rate. Some people are getting 4.7, 4.5. Good credit's getting even lower. Um, I mean, it is at 6.2, 6.3%, but you can still get a very low amount. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of new home buyers. I've done uh, 12 inspections, all new home buyers. And then this week I have uh, two previous owners who are, who are just upping their size. And then I have a couple of um, probably about maybe 10 new home buyers this week as well. So it's, it's very, very busy for new home buyers. And you definitely want to get into the market right now. Uh, if you're buying a home, just know that it's very difficult. If, um, if you're buying a newer home, anything after... 1990 to 2013, you're probably looking at a bit of competition. That's about uh, thirty to forty thousand dollars over. Some some people are even paying eighty to a hundred thousand dollars over asking, uh, and this has produced a really interesting market. So definitely new new home buyer, uh, you want to get in here. You want to get these houses while you can. If you're selling, sell your house. Uh, as soon as possible, you'll have it sold pretty quick. We just sold a house. Oh, in Stockton, um, we had it sold in about five days. So, I mean, it completely sold in five days. So, everything's closed off, everything's done, ready to go. So, yeah, really fast sales, really fast. Um, you can't really keep the house on the market very long unless you have it overpriced. So, definitely want to get your appraisal and or even check with your insurance to identify if you can um, get a free appraisal to identify what the costs would be if you did sell your house. So it's pretty good right now. So it's, it's a definitely a good market. I want to go over the inspection reports. I haven't seen a lot of people asking me, or not me, but they have been asking me about other people's reports because there are a lot of home inspectors out there who have different reporting software. Now on we use a thing called Home Gauge. It allows us to uh, have everything for the client uh, as well as the realtor. So if a realtor needs to make a um, repair list, when I send the report out, uh, they can they have a section just for reps, and they can click on it when they open the report, and then on the top right corner, they click a button. It makes a repair list from the summary. And then they send it off to whoever they need to. So they don't even have to do anything anymore. They don't need to make an email. 
it, it's very, very easy and already set up. And for clients, uh, it's very easy to read. It has a glossary, introduction. They can pay with credit card. I mean, it's so easy. Just you do your inspection, do your report, send it off to an email. Boom, the client just clicks on that email, gives them a password and a login ID. They click on that. Boom, they're in. They have the report. They can send it off to whoever they want, third party, anywhere. Now, with the reports, everybody has different software. Every home inspector has different software. I've had to go over the report with other people with other software. There's free software out there for home inspectors. I don't like to use the free software because it doesn't it doesn't have everything that I like. And then there's software that that's only for InterNACHI or only for ASHI members, which are the two different uh, biggest part of the home inspection world and those are the companies who provide like information additional training um, insurance and so forth so i'm with ashy uh, it's a more expensive company to be with they provide a lot more though and additional training every year and they have a lot of perks for free um, and i was trained from ashy using ashy's detailed and we are at a very strict um, inspection level. So it means that we have to be, everything has to be the way Ashley wants it. It has to be every part of the house. I can't miss a darn thing. Everything has to be in that report. And I have to go by their standards. Now, it is a bit strict, but at the same time, it makes it extremely convenient for my clients, either the seller or the buyer. Um, that, that way they can see it. It is completely... Um, visible to all everyone, including the realtor, the buyer, the seller, and all the details there, pictures, videos, whatever have you. Um, I have to have full training on everything. So if I'm doing sprinter systems, I have to be trained. If I'm doing sewer, I have to be trained. If I'm doing HVAC, I have to be trained. You know, so it's even water heater have to be trained. So this kind of stuff is not like this type of inspection is not like your normal inspection. It's not fast. It takes a, a while, a little bit longer, maybe an hour longer, but we are completely detailed-oriented and we provide extremely confident reports that uh, allow the buyer to see in clearly and very easy to read. There's two parts of the reports, the summary and the full report. And we help with both of those. If you need to go over it, you can always call your inspector. If your inspector doesn't want to talk to you after the uh, inspection, there are some inspectors like that. And basically what they're doing is they're just out for the money. They don't care about you. They don't care about their inspection, how good they did. They just want the money from you. And people like that, most of the time, they're not actually true inspectors. They don't have a certification. They're sole prioritor. They have no insurance. You know, these people are just... Um, previous contractors who thought that this is a good way to make money and they're right it's going to make money if you're a good certified inspector otherwise you're going to be getting sued i tell everyone if you're if you get an inspector like this you know you take them to court trust me they're not going to have the money to pay you uh even if you do take them to court and you sue them and the judge makes a ruling you won't get paid for a couple of years because they don't have the money they haven't paid their taxes you know, it's, it's, they don't even have a real company. They're not even licensed with the state of California. They can disappear at any moment. 
you'll never hear from them again. I've seen it happen. I've talked to people about it. I've had to deal with it. And it's very hard to track these people down. You want to make sure your inspector is licensed and certified. Uh, you can check the ASHI database by going to ASHI.com. You can see your area. Uh, look up inspector. Put in your zip code. And boom, you'll have all the ASHI inspectors in that area. Some phone numbers may not work anymore, but you'll have at least a list of certified inspectors. And since they're certified, they're in the ASHI database because we have to pre present our business uh, license number, certification number, and insurance to ASHI to do this. So it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, so the buyer's market, seller's market right now. Talk to your real estate agent about getting um, a, a house in your area. You can talk to multiple agents if you need to. And don't forget that if you want a good loan, talk to multiple different loan officers too. That's definitely going to help you with a low-cost uh, loan. So if you're getting, looking for a loan and you get one loan that's only $350,000 uh, pre-certified, you, know, you definitely want to keep looking. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not, it's not something you're going to find right off the bat. So definitely keep looking and talk to different people. At the same time, you want to also make sure you do your due diligence. We are going to a house. Like I've said in my previous uh, podcast, it's not always up to you know, the, the real estate agent to do their pre-inspection. They will do it, but they don't find everything. So you definitely want to do your due diligence if you're if you're seeing something uh, and you might have issues. Like if, if you're smelling some weird smell, it's plumbing, and you want to get a plumber to inspect it. You have that right during the time you're buying a house. You even have the right to get a contractor in there after the inspection report from your home inspector. That way you can identify the cost of an estimates of these repairs. You can get multiple, two, three, four, doesn't matter. Um, at the same time, you can also get a painter or a carpenter and get your carpet uh, looked at to see what needs to be done or a flooring manager or flooring company to see how much it'll cost to redo the floors. There's a lot of different things you're allowed to do. You're even allowed to look at the three last months of their electrical bill. Or even if they have solar, you can look at the last three months of their electrical bill and their solar. So these are all available to you as a buyer. As a seller, you're not obligated to do this. But it will help you sell your home faster. If someone's asking to see your electrical bill for the last three months... Do a printout from either PG&E or SMUD or whoever you have. And then you can take the top part of it and you can cut it off. You can provide them with that either paper or you can go online and do the PDF download. Uh, and then just take off your name and everything like that by blocking it. Now there's a lot of different uh, things to do with the home inspection. So the home inspection report is extremely valuable to look at. Every detail, every picture, every arrow. You see an arrow, you see a picture, put that in writing. Or you can just, you know, a lot of home inspection reports, you can just actually just forward off to the contractor. And the contractor will look at it and go, oh, yeah, this would be like 
10 grand in repairs or five grand in repairs. So something like that is always going to be uh, not a guarantee for price. That's why you want to talk to different people, but definitely going to be a thing. So definitely look around. Um, and other areas are different. So you want to make sure that wherever you're located, you're getting that estimate uh, in the city next to you if it's too high. So let's say you go to one city like San Jose, you buy a house. Or you're wanting to buy a house, but the prices of the repairs are like 20, 30 grand. And then you go over to another uh, city, maybe next door, like uh, Vallejo or something like that. And then you find that the repairs there are only 10,000 or 15,000 if you were to do a, a house in San Jose. So prices of contracting will be different depending on your location. And sometimes it's higher price because they up it by 30 to 40%. Is it legal? Yeah, I mean, technically it is because if they own a company, they can make the prices whatever they want. It's just not good for them if they're overpriced because a competition can always beat them, right? So definitely want to have that um, three to four different people look at something to give you a good price quote. And then the same thing with buying a house. If you're getting your loan, talk to two or three people to get that loan uh, pricing amount. And then, of course, if you're in the market for um, exterior work, you know, you have to talk to a landscaper. And if you're looking at a newer home, you could be paying a lot more than if you were if you were buying an older home. Because newer homes are going for more because the contractors are going to try to up you on the wood or metal charges. Even though there is no additional charges right now for wood or metal. It's all dropped by 42%. So it's a big scam going on with that. And I mean, I just tell people buying a new home has its perks, but it has a lot of downs too. I mean, you are the first owner, but you have to pay what, 50, 60, 80 grand throughout the next few years to get if we, you were to buy a house that was the second owner. You know, they've already done all those repairs, they've already done all the additional work, they've already added a gazebo costs 40 grand they're not adding it into the home value they can't they so if you add a gazebo in your backyard for 50 grand you add a pool for 80 grand only if it's permitted and a gazebo does not be permitted but a pool does that will add to the value of the home so if you have a pool is 80,000 is permitted yeah you're going to have an additional amount onto the home it could be 60 to 80 grand Unless the pool's in bad shape, you know, then there's more work. Um, but if they're adding a gazebo and a sidewalk, that's not going to add to the value of the home. They can't. They can, will try to up it, but the appraisal is not going to go by that. The appraisals go by is the home size, the age of the home, the home sells in the area, of course, and then also the home purchasing in the area in the last five years. So if everybody in the area paid forty thousand over asking, over forty thousand over appraisal, then yeah, the appraisal amount will go up. But if everybody in the neighborhood paid appraisal amounts, then no, the house will be at the appraisal amount. So a four hundred twenty-seven thousand dollar appraised house that they're trying to sell for four hundred eighty thousand, and still appraised for four forty thousand. Are you really want to pay four forty thousand, or four eighty thousand, or four forty thousand? You can recommend the four sixty. That's twenty thousand dollars under what they're asking, 
if they don't want to go with you, that's up to them. They'll wait for somebody, but they're going to wait a long time. Because first-time home buyers are only going to put ten or fifteen, twenty thousand over asking. Why older home buyers who have more money, who really want a newer home, are not going to go for a home that you know that's four eighty thousand when they know they can get the same home somewhere else for four twenty-seven down the street. So it really depends on what you're looking for, what you're asking for, if you're selling, if you're buying, if you're selling. Um, you know, some people will ask for forty to sixty thousand dollars over. If you're buying, you're only going to pay what twenty thousand dollars over, unless you really want that house. Then you can go, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars over. Ask also the realtor what's uh what's the motivation of the sellers. Are the sellers wanting to sell now? They want it quick. They want it slow. They're willing to wait. Open houses are the best time to ask the realtors. And not only are you asking the realtors, are they going to, you know, do they want to sell quick or so forth? What this means is they they want to sell it quick. They don't mind paying, getting $20,000 over asking or five or even 10. But if, they want, if they're willing to wait, they're waiting for a right price. More likely they're waiting for sixty to 80000 over asking. It's very possible. So definitely want to keep that in mind. If you're talking with the realtor, ask the realtor what the um, the sellers are looking for. Is it fast sell? Are they willing to wait? How motivated are they to sell? Is the best way to ask. Say, excuse me, uh, how motivated are the sellers? And then this will give you kind of a... And, and also ask how many uh, people are actually... How many bids they have. Even though realtors may lie how many bids they have on the house to try to sell it to you. If you ask them how motivated, that will fir firstly help you. So motivated tells you that, hey, they're wanting to sell this home quick. I could put 10, 20,000 over asking right now and they'll probably accept me. Or you can ask if, if they have, if they say, oh yeah, we have three bids. They're very motivated to sell right now. Well, that's, that means they're going to sell quick. They, they don't mind taking five, ten. But the bids that they're getting, if they haven't accepted three bids, any one out of the three bids, more likely they're waiting for a little bit better. They're waiting for either a little bit better price or the three bids that came in were only five or ten thousand. They want fifteen or twenty thousand. So put twenty thousand dollars down over asking. More likely you'll be approved uh, quicker. In the next few days, you also want to ask the real estate agent, uh, how long has it been on the market? Has it been on the market? If it says it's been on the market for 10 days and they already have three bids, they're probably going to be picking one of those bids soon. I mean, 10 days is a long time, especially if they're motivated to sell. I mean, I won't even wait 15 days if I'm motivated to sell. I'll look for the highest bid within 15 days and then I'll grab it. Most real estate agents tell people to wait 20 to 30 days after you know getting all the bids in, 20 to 30 days, because you may get a higher price bid. And some agents very rarely have asked for, for more than 45 days, but agents want to sell the house fast too, because then they get paid faster, and they may have other houses they're trying to sell as well. So selling a house faster is better if the... If the sellers really, really want to wait, and they're saying, "Oh, we want sixty thousand dollars over." 
the agent may just say, you know, you have three bids, you have four bids, it's been 15, 14 days, I would just find the biggest one you have now and just grab it. What's the biggest one? 20,000 over. Nah, we really want a little bit more. I mean, he may be able to go back to one of those bids and say, hey, are you willing to offer twenty-five dollars or $30,000 over and we'll accept the offer right now? And that's very, very possible. I've dealt with that before. But let's say that, you know, right now is the best time to sell. Right now is the best time to buy. And there's a lot of FHAs out there, first-time home buyers that want to buy. And they either have the money or they have approved loan or pre-approved and they can't pay more than 20000 over asking. You know, you're going to get a lot of bids in, 20 bids, but they're all 20000 How do you pick? Well, as a seller, you want to see if someone can go 25, 30. As a buyer, you just have to crush your fingers and go for each house that you can. Put your bids in two different houses if possible. First, talk to your real estate agent. First, talk to your loan officer. Find out if that first bid's even going to go through. You can cancel the bid if you find another house. You put another bid down and you get approved. You can cancel the previous bid. No problem. There's no rule or law against putting in more than one bid for a house. Shoot, I have put in at least two to three bids on houses before. Three different houses, a bid apiece, and you know, one approved me, I canceled the other bids. It's just how it works. It's not unheard of. It's difficult to deal with because I always want to make sure that if I'm putting a bid in, that's the house that I want. But sometimes, you know, I was looking at a house. I saw one really nice one with a pool, but not a very backyard, not a very big backyard with the pool. And I put a bid in because I really like the house. I really like the area. I've been there. I lived in the area before and um, I really wanted that house. But there was another house that came on the market maybe a, a week later after I put in my bid. And that, that other house was gorgeous, bigger even. One was 3600 one was 3900 and I had to have that 3900 It was perfect. The backyard was huge. There was no pool, but I didn't care. It was a big backyard. It was sufficient. It was a five-bedroom, four-bath, and I put a bid in. I got approved within three days and still had that previous bid on hold. So I canceled the other bid, went with the one that got approved, and I took that house. That was something that, you know, you may want to look into. I, I did it because I really loved the second house. You never know when a new house will come on the market. So always look around, take a look, and, and make sure that you're talking with your real estate agent. If your real estate agent isn't talking much with you and they're not providing you with enough information or whatever, find another agent. It's okay. There are a lot of agents out there, and some agents are good, some agents are bad. Some agents want to help you. Some agents just are looking at money. Some agents, you know, they don't think you're serious. Some agents do. Show them that you're serious. Tell them what you want. Find five houses, at least three to five houses. Go and look at all of them the same day. And then wait a couple of days, usually roughly about four to five days. And then see which one you want to put a bid in. And if you want to wait a little bit longer, tell your agent, oh, we want to wait a few more months. Can we keep looking? And then find five more houses. Look at those. 
Make sure that you're utilizing your your agent. Make sure the agent's utilizing you. They're there. They're they're all the time. They're on time. They're helping you search, helping you look. If they're not, tell them that you know I'm serious. I'm looking for a house. I'm gonna buy a house. If you're not gonna help me, I'm gonna find another agent. That might help push them to help you more. So definitely want to do that. And then for your inspector side, finding a good inspector. Again, just like my previous podcast, asking the three basic questions. And then once you've asked them those three basic questions and you and they seem knowledgeable, then pick them. Make sure that they're certified and they can prove it to you, provide it to you. They have a legitimate company. That means that they're a licensed company and they have insurance. Now remember, if you pick an in, uh, inspector, he misses something. Someone gets hurt or dies. And you go to sue him and he has no insurance. And he doesn't have much money in the bank. You going to get any money from him? Probably not. Expenses, you know, life insurance, all this other stuff. We have those in fact because there are people out there who are not legitimate companies who say they are and they, they provide negativity to the market. And then, you know, something happens. Now, God forbid something happens. There are a lot of inspectors who miss things. Hot water heater leaking gas or HVAC unit in the act space leaking gas. Or even worse, uh, the roof has failed and it's about to fall through or it was not supported correctly. There's damaged rafter beams or maybe the mud line at the house is not done correctly and the house is going to be tilting or the house is tilting and the inspector didn't care, didn't check the floors, also there's stuff, and then you fall through the floor, and someone gets hurt, or someone falls through the roof one day, doing work on your roof. You know, all these things are part of an inspection to identify areas that could fail. Safety features, smoke detectors, um, fire alarm systems, sprinklers, home fire sprinkler systems, all this stuff needs to be checked. So if your inspector fails to find one, something terrible happens, and then you talking to that, that inspector about their insurance and how they can how their insurance is supposed to help you, they don't have insurance, oh no, you need to sue them directly, then finding them, maybe they don't even have an address, maybe they give you a fake address on the website or on Google, because Google allows that. Uh, you know, the business card should have be okay there's two areas i've noticed so far to find a legitimate inspector now our company our all our vehicles have a decal showing our company name information and what we do and it comes with our phone number everything i've seen inspectors with none of this on their truck now that's not and they're not even in uniform either they're just wearing jeans and a shirt I don't know if that's an legitimate inspector. I feel that they should be wearing a uniform. Secondly, they should have something. A magnet on the side of their door showing their company logo or name or something. They should at least have business cards. If they don't have business cards and they have no email site, email address or website, uh, that's kind of iffy. Website's number one. I always like to look at the website because it gives me a good definition of what I am you know, because I also have to hire a home inspector when I do my house buying. You know, I can't do my own inspections. So 
I can't use my own company. I have to use a completely separate company and they have to do the inspections and provide me with everything. So it's even hard for me to find a legitimate inspector. What do I do? I go to ASHI.com because then I know I'm getting an ASHI inspector. I know I'm getting a legitimate inspector. I know it's all identified. So definitely want to look at all these key things. And uh, after the inspection, ask questions. Definitely look at the report very closely. Any questions you have, contact them. If they don't want to talk to you, then you know they're in for the money. If they want to talk with you, then you know they're a good inspector. You can tell your friends about them. Well, that's all the time I have for today. I have to go out and do another inspection. I really wanted to get all that stuff out and, and at least do a podcast. I know it's been a while and I see my numbers dwindling. I do apologize. We are on iHeartRadio and wherever you get your podcast on Google and uh, Apple. If you have um, any questions, go ahead and give us a call, 209-905-4080, or you can email us at homeinspectservices at gmail.com. I'm sorry, homeinspectservicesllc at gmail.com. Again, the phone number is uh, 209-905-4080. And email address is home inspect services LLC at gmail.com. Let me know if you have any questions. Uh, if you have any messages, you can just message me on here on our podcast. We do have a messaging area, and we hope you have a terrific Memorial weekend. Please be safe. Enjoy yourselves. The weather is beautiful in California, and wherever you're at, and whatever state, and whatever country. Just enjoy yourselves and uh, always be safe and hope to hear from you soon and hope to be on another podcast here in the next few days. Since it's Memorial Day, I'll probably have one on Memorial Day because um, I'm not doing much <laughs> on Memorial Day. I'm taking the day off, but I would like to at least have one more podcast because uh, I'm a bit behind, you know. It's all my fault. I know. I'm, I do apologize again. But hey, enjoy yourselves. Take care. And I'll talk to you soon.